your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this late Thursday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So Pittsburgh Penguins get their second win in a row um, as they only have now one game remaining in the regular season. The season has just flown by. So quick, they get points 74 and 75 in a 8-4 win against the Buffalo Sabres. Yes, they gave up four goals to Buffalo, but uh, I think Pittsburgh controlled the uh, pace of this game uh, pretty efficiently. You know, I go to natural stat trick, and this is just complete domination by the Penguins. Uh, 64% of the shot attempts, 11-3 in high danger, 26-13 uh, scoring chances, four scoring chances against. This is all at 5v5. Um, and Buffalo's expected goals for was only 1.03. Um, Tristan Jari definitely had an off game. Um, this is definitely not something you want to see from him towards the end of the regular season. And, you know, with Buffalo being so bad, giving up four goals is not the greatest. The first one I didn't really think was, uh, I think that was the softest when he gave up all night. There's really not a lot of room to shoot for, um, on the short side. And he, the player was able to still put it through there. I mean, I, I'm reluctant to say nice shot, but Jari should be able to close that off a little bit more. Um, I think one of the other goals, he was basically just flopping around like a fish. Um, another one, I think it was the second one, um, just bad defensive effort there by the Penguins. I think that was the one. No, the first one was the turnover from Mark Freeman. That's a play I don't think Mike Matheson makes, but you know, the second one, just bad defensive awareness in the defensive zone by the Penguins. I'm not going to blame Jari for that one, but the third one, just way out of his net. You know, it looked like for a split second it was potentially going to be a little bit of goaltender interference. But, you know, after watching the replay a couple times, I was like, no, that's just not going to happen. Um, I know Jeff Skinner was able to score on the power play to make it uh, 7-4 for a brief time period. But, I mean, the game was over at, at that point. I mean, that goal, I'm not really going to blame on Tristan Jari. Like I said, the game was a blowout. They were not going to give up uh, three more goals there in that period and have something happen a la New Jersey. But overall, this uh, game gets the Penguins to 6-1 and one on the year versus the Buffalo Sabres. One more game, uh, 3 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, it's on NBC. Uh, well, there's two games on NBC. Depending on where you are, you will get the uh, Boston game, I think, or the Pittsburgh of course, the Pittsburgh-Buffalo game. I'm not really sure who Boston is playing that day, but let me look it up here um, just real quick on the NHL app. Actually, no, not, excuse me, not, not Sunday, uh, Saturday. Yeah, so the Rangers and the Bruins will play Saturday on NBC. Um, depending on where you are with your local region, you'll either get that game or Buffalo-Pittsburgh. I think for Pittsburgh, uh, John Forsland is calling that game, and then for the Rangers-Bruins one, I think it's Kenny Albert, but don't quote me. On that, but overall, I mean, we got to start with the big positive: Jeff Carter, uh, four goals tonight. Uh, that I think that's his first four-goal game ever in a single game. He's had hat tricks before. I think he had some in Philadelphia. Obviously, had some um, with the Kings. Um, but you know, this was his first four-goal game ever, and what a player he has been ever since coming over uh, to the Penguins from the Los Angeles Kings. I, I tweeted this out 
earlier tonight. You know, my big thing was the Penguins haven't had a good third-line center like this since Nick Benino left. You know, Jim Rutherford spent so many years trying to find that perfect third-line center to do what Nick Benino did. And, you know, years before that with Ray Shiro, do what Jordan Stahl did. Great in the defensive zone. Um, usually one of the best two-way forwards in the game. You know, Nick Benino. I mean, I wouldn't say he was one of the best two-way forwards in the game, but he was one of the be better two-way centers, I think, in the game and provides a really good offensive scoring touch. That is exactly what Jeff Carter has been ever since coming over from the Kings. I think for scoring chances, um, four, I think there I have 54% of the scoring chances when he's on the ice, 54% of the shot attempts as well. Um, that is now eight goals in 13 games for Carter since coming over from the Kings. Like I said, he has been everything the Penguins have needed and more. And, you know, you 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 can have the two great lines, you know, of course, of Gensel, Crosby, Rosman, and Zucker, Malkin, Kappen, and Zucker, I thought had a really nice game tonight. I'm going to get to him in just a second. But if you do not have a third line and you want to be a cup contender, you know, you're just, you're really not going to be a cup contender if you don't have a third line. Now that the Penguins do have a third line, it just makes them that much more of a threat to not only come out of the East Division in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but to potentially get to the Stanley Cup final and then win their fourth Stanley Cup in the Sidney Crosby of Kenny Malkin era. The duo of McCann and Carter on that third line is deadly. You saw McCann also get a goal tonight. I think that's what his 13th, 14th goal of the season. I will be a proponent here as well. Please extend Jared McCann. He has been everything this team has needed this season, plus much more. Kasperi Kapan also got on the score sheet tonight. Awesome to see that. I mean, he's just been amazing all season. And Freddie Goudreau, I know he didn't score tonight, but three assists, I think, on all of the first three Penguin goals tonight. Um, awesome to see. I'll say it again. If he's your 12th forward come playoff time and Evan Rodriguez, for some reason, is not ready, I know he's making some progress off the ice, but he's not skating yet. I mean, he's probably not going to start skating until next week at the earliest, I think, just because the Penguins only have one game left. Um, I'm perfectly fine with it. I mean, Brandon Tanev is going to be back for game one. I'm perfectly fine with them not playing him tonight and Saturday because what's the rush? I mean, I know you're Tristan trying to clinch home ice and clinch the division. But I don't think you need Brandon Tanev to do that against a bad Buffalo team that you've gone 6-1 and one against um, this season. So you really don't need to rush Brandon Tanev back. Like I said, if Freddie Goudreau is your 12th forward, come game one of the playoffs, um, that's perfectly fine with me. I think he has now nine points in 18 games this season for Pittsburgh. So basically averaging half a point per game with Pittsburgh thus far, which is just awesome. Now, I will say this before I do get to Jason Zucker. I felt really bad for Michael Hauser tonight. He had his first two starts in the NHL. They beat the Islanders. I think in one of the matchups, he made 45 saves. The other one, he made like 36, 37. I think he came into this with a very good 940 save percentage, but, you know, two-game sample size, which is that's nothing when it comes to goalies. Gives up eight goals tonight. Um, it was just, they, they lit him up like a Christmas tree. And the biggest reason I feel bad for him, in case anyone did not know this, he is from Youngstown, Ohio, which is an hour away from Pittsburgh. I think he, he played for like the Pittsburgh Hornets, I, I heard from the broadcast. Um, had about 20 friends and family at the game. So um, they got to watch him get roasted by the team that he rooted for growing up eight goals. So um, I, I do feel bad for him in that way. But, you know, congratulations to him on a long uh, journey to the NHL. He's 28 years old. He's been through a lot, I think, in his life. So congratulations to him and congratulations to uh, winning his first two starts as well. Beating the Islanders in back-to-back -back games is no small feat with how obviously good they were in the bubble last year and how good they've been for most of this year, though. Um, they haven't been as good um, as of late. They only have five wins in their last 14 games, especially after losing tonight to the New Jersey Devils, who have gone uh, five out of six wins with, uh, to end their season 
But yeah, I just felt bad for him. He made some nice saves early on. And, you know, for a moment there, I was like, well, you know, maybe maybe we might see a make-name goalie uh, stand on his head against the Penguins. We saw Dustin Tukarski did it a couple times this season. Alex Lyon was doing it the other night with regards to the uh, Flyers against Pittsburgh. But tonight, it was not to be. Um, this poor guy gives up eight goals. And here's another fun fact. I did read this about him on Twitter. He was at the game in 2008, Game 6, against the Red Wings when uh, Detroit won the game and won the Stanley Cup, excuse me, at Mellon Arena. So he had a little bit of a sour taste in his mouth for that one. But he did say he used to go to a bunch of Penguins games growing up. So it's really nice that he, it got to come full circle for him uh, playing in PPG Paints Arena and playing against probably his idols and Cindy Crosby and Nick Vanny Malkin because, of course, they were on the ice uh, during the 2008 series against the Red Wings where they lost four games too. But, you know, enough talking about that. As it comes to Jason Zucker, I, I really think he's now back from the dead, as I think a way people said um, on Twitter tonight. I, I understand that he's kind of been the whipping boy amongst the fan base, but he was skating hard, I thought, last night. Um, if you put on the third line, you know, with Zucker and Carter, and if you want to put Goudreau on there, you want to put Rodriguez on there, they're good enough third wheels to, you can allow Brandon Tanev to come back with Bluger and Zach Ashton Reese to just dominate shot suppression, and that, I'm, I'm going to say this right now, this is going to be the deepest Penguins lineup that we have seen since 2017. It is going to give them fits, and you know, Zucker, like I said, great game from him tonight. I know he didn't score, but he had a lot of good, high-quality chances, has goals in back-to-back games before tonight. Um, and also, I really liked his defensive game as well. So he's really come around these last three to four games. I think people can ease up on hating him. And it's like, wow, everyone. It's almost like, as my uh, buddy Jeff said from Penguin Twitter, uh, Radim Zohorna is his at. It's almost like, wow, if you bring Evgeny Malkin back into the fold, who he has played with for basically this entire season until Gino got hurt for 23 games, it's like, yeah, he's going to be really good as Gino is coming back. So I'm really excited about that line. And yeah, I'm also just really excited for Zucker with Carter and whoever they want to do with Goudreau and Rodriguez. But we have a lot more to get to with regards to this game and uh, what it means for the standings as now the Penguins have taken back first place for the time being in the East Division. But before we do get to that, it's time to talk about Wealthfront. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio, and they can create a portfolio of globally diversified low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started, and you can grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do all the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That is Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL to grow your savings. Remember, that's Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL, and get started today. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, I did see a very funny tweet tonight uh, from CK404 response code. Tired. <laughs> and then with a colon. Hall gave the Bruins a second line that can score. Wired. Carter gave the Penguins a third line that can score. And yes, that basically sums it up. All the deadline acquisitions have been really good uh, for teams in the East Division outside of Paul Merrigan and Zajac. Um, in case anyone wants to know how bad they have been, uh, Kyle Palmieri has a goal in three points in like 15 games. And Travis Ajak is just basically fighting to stay in the lineup. So, uh, really nice trade there, Lulu Morello. You basically did nothing to improve your team. While Taylor Hall is lighting up with the Bruins, Jeff Carter is lighting up with the Penguins. Anthony Mantha has been really good with Washington. Um, I was also 
looking at the money puck line of the McCann Carter Goudreau line, 88% of the expected goals tonight. That's obviously not sustainable. <laughs> that is not going to continue every single game in the playoffs for the Penguins. But if they can maintain like 54 to 55% or even close to 60%, um, they are going to make a lot of teams uh, very unhappy, I should say, um, if they go on a run here. But that just goes to show how well McCann and Carter have been playing for Pittsburgh this season. I'm, I'm going to touch on a couple more things here before I get to a couple listener takeaways. Um, I thought Chris Letang had an awesome game. He, there was a vintage Letang moment. Um, I think halfway through the second period, um, had a shift for the ages. It reminded me of that one in 2019 against Dallas where you know he was just carrying the puck for about 30 seconds, um, did a couple spinorama moves it looked like, just went around a couple stars defenders and then banged the puck home. And you know, that's probably one of the goals of his career. It looked like that was going to happen again tonight, but Latang shot it just high of Hauser. I really think that would have brought the house down at PPG Paints Arena if he was able to pull that off. I mean, like I said, that's just a vintage Latang shift. And you can tell he's really feeling it when he's pulling stuff like that off. Brian Dumont, I thought it was a really nice game from him. Marcus Pedersen was perfectly fine. You know, I, I've said it before on the podcast. I know he's been a whipping boy, um, at least defensively, for a lot of fans this season. But you know, when he's paired with John Marino, um, they're going to be your best shutdown pair. And they've been just that for about a few weeks now. I mean, I know he had that goal the other night against Philadelphia to open the scoring. He's not going to score a lot. But you know, I think his defense, when he's on his game, more than makes up for it. And yes, speaking of Brian Dumoulin, we get another Brian Dumoulin goal. What is that now? His third or fourth goal of the season. I think I even tweeted out that I'm going to go get some uh, a bourbon and Coke because this second period was off the rails. I mean, there was basically, what, four to five goals scored in two to three minutes. And this was just ridiculous. You know, the, the Penguins would score, then the Sabres would answer. Then Pittsburgh would score again with Jeff Carter. Then the Sabres would answer. And then Pittsburgh scored again. And then Van Can finally broke it open a little bit to make it 5-3, to three, which ended up being the game-winning goal. And then I was able to relax a bit and be like, okay, you know, the game is basically over here. Um, but like, like I said, this was a very dominant performance by the Penguins. If we go to the all situations here on Natural Stat Trek, uh, 58% of the shot attempts for the Penguins, uh, 70% of the high-danger chances and their expected goals for 2.7 2 compared to 1.84 um, for the expected goals for all situations. If you go to go to 5v5, excuse me, 2.47 expected goals for for Pittsburgh, 1.03. Um, other stuff to come out of this game. I thought Cody Cece was perfectly fine. Jake Ensel was feeling it all night. Um, I was surprised he actually uh, did not score tonight. Usually when the Penguins score eight goals, you, you figure that Jake Ensel factors into about two Usually he can, yes, well, I shouldn't say two. He usually has at least one, if not two, um, in that game. But tonight he did not score at all. But, I mean, he really didn't need to as Jeff Carter had his first four-goal game of his career. Uh, I didn't touch on this. Sidney Crosby was able to get another goal, another point. He's now past Ovechkin for most points all-time. I know Ovechkin has missed quite a few games recently, but Sidney Crosby now has more points all-time than Alex Ovechkin in, I think, about 150 less games played. So if you want to know who the better player is, even though it's pretty shitty to compare those two players since they're completely different players, um, I, I guess I just give you that to think about. Though I will say that Ovechkin is the greatest goal scorer we've ever seen. I just think Sidney Crosby is the best playmaker of this generation. But okay, let's get to a couple listener takeaways here. Um, Alan Teodor says, first start of the game, so many Jeff Carter chants and F. Tom Wilson ones. Yeah, that that is perfect. I, I love that there were a lot of uh, fuck Tom Wilson chants there. Um, and yeah, Alan, I'm glad you got to see that game as well. And yes, he did send me a video from his Twitter account that Jeff Carter was the first star of the game. And, and how could you not give him the first star of the game, people? Four goals um, is fitting into this team 
Uh, so much better than I think anyone anticipated. Uh, you know, shout out to Danny Shirey Irving. It's the week. It's the daily podcast. Shout out to him. Um, I know he's eating a lot of crow right now, but I also don't think he gives too much of a shit. Because I mean, why would you not want to be wrong about something like that? I mean, hell, I'm eating so much crow on Cody CC. It's not even funny. I I, w- I was so happy I was wrong about him because I actually want him to be extended now. And hell, I'm eating a lot of crow on Mike Matheson right now because even though he's missed the last couple of games, I thought for the last four to six weeks, he had been playing his best hockey and making that Hornquist or Matheson swap look a hell of a lot better than it was the first couple months of the season. So anytime me or someone like Danny or someone like, you know, Jeff from the Pens blog or Jesse Marshall or whoever else from Penguin Twitter um, has a take that makes them eat crow, I really don't think anyone is going to care because it just means that they're playing well and they're helping the team win the game, as you see right now in Jeff Carter and Cody Cece and a couple other things. Gilbert the Ghost says four goals is that good? Pretty sure I haven't seen Matthews do that this season. Yes, Gilbert, I can confirm uh, that is good. So hashtag confirmed on that. As for Austin Matthews, um, I can actually look that up for you real quick as I get to a couple other of the uh, listener takeaways. I do want to see if he has had a four-goal game this season. Let me just take a look here. Um, hat tricks. Um, no, he has not had a four-goal game this season. Um, he had um, a four-goal game in his opening. I think it was it wasn't his debut game that he scored four goals against the Senators, but they lost. Um, he had a hat trick against the Generals, seven to four in 2020, and then he did have the hat trick this year against Ottawa, a six to five win for Toronto. Um, so only three goals for him, but uh, Jeff Carter was able to do something that not even Austin Matthews did this season, and he has uh, 39 goals and 63 points in 43 games. Big Red says, I'm going to use this as a place for fan reaction. Penns fans might be upset that four goals got let in tonight. You got to keep in mind that the Sabres have nothing to lose, and we'll send all five skaters in on the four check. And I do 100% agree with you, Big Red. Um, the Sabres are playing loose, and Zach Nash and Reese even said today, I think, to the media, these are the kind of teams that a team like the Penguins hates playing because you said it best. They have nothing to lose. They're playing loose and they'll just do whatever they want because their season's just about over and they have nothing to play for. So yeah, they're just going to send five skaters in and you're right that teams don't practice against that kind of stuff. So it's sometimes it's a bit harder to prepare for that being said, they only have one more game against this team coming up on Saturday at 3 PM Eastern. But yes, I understand that people are going to be a little bit upset that they did give up four goals in this game. And I know Tristan Jari had a bit of an off game, but I wouldn't expect him to have an off game on Saturday if he starts. I'm going to actually touch on that coming up in the next segment if he should start on Saturday and if I see potentially the Penguins resting a few players. But um, yeah, I do agree with you on that. Iris AJ says, a win Saturday and, and the Caps lose one game in regulation over the last three should let us win the East correct, even if Boston wins out. Um, I believe you would be correct, AJ. Uh, you said it best. Pens had 77, 77, 77 for the Caps and Bruins. Yes, I believe the Penguins, if they win on Saturday, they get to 77 points. If they lose one in regulation to the Flyers, the Capitals, that is, then they beat the Flyers and say they, I don't know, say they beat the Bruins. Because remember, um, Boston plays the Bruins. So yeah, I think you would account Boston beating Washington and then winning out. And I think that's the way that all three teams would tie for first, which is a very real possibility here. I mean, let's be real. But I think in that scenario, AJ, if I have this right, let me just look at this um, right now. I'm just looking at the standing. So if Washington beats Philly once, they get to 75 and tie them. If Philly beats them in regulation, they're still tied with one game to go. Um, 
if Pittsburgh wins on Saturday, they get to 77, and then say Washington beats Boston in regulation, I still believe the Penguins would have the tiebreaker over them. Don't quote me on that, but I believe they would. Now let's say Washington wins both games versus the Flyers, which is probably going to happen. Penguins win on Saturday, and then Washington loses to Boston in regulation for their last game of the season, and Boston wins their other couple of games. They have the Rangers, I think, for one more, and then the Islanders are also something right now. So say the Bruins went out and the Penguins went out, but Washington loses that game to Boston. So you would be right. I believe 77 points all around the board, and I do think the Penguins would clinch the division in that scenario, which would have them play the New York Islanders in the first round and would have Washington and Boston go at it, which is what I do want to happen. I mean, I really don't want any part of the Bruins in the first round with how they're playing right now. But yes, Irish Asia, I believe you had that right. I apologize if it was a bit weird explaining on the podcast, but I do believe that is correct. So thank you all for sending in those listener takeaways especially as it comes to the standings. We have a couple more things to talk about coming up in the next segment, including if the Penguins will maybe rest some players on Saturday. Before we do get to that, though, it's time to talk about BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or phone and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your phone to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That has been online, your online sportsbook experts with the code locked on. And you cannot forget about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts with hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique and very easy to navigate, and you quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why should you send it to twice as much for the same parts? You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, and you can write locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts cover ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, we're back here on the, this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So just to get to a couple more things before I call it an episode and come back to you all uh, tomorrow, um, in which I will also thank everyone for another wonderful season of covering this team on the podcast. It has been a total blast to do this for another regular season, and I can't wait to see what comes with this podcast in the playoffs. I have a lot of exciting stuff coming up with some guests coming. Thank you, thank you all will truly like. As regards to resting players on Saturday, here, here's my thoughts. I'm going to take a pause here. I think Brandon Tanev will be ready to go for that game. This is the second or third consecutive practice that he has been full contact, but I do not think Mike Sullivan will play him, nor should he. What is the point in playing him in that game against Buffalo? Yes, I understand you are still trying to win the division, but playing against Buffalo, you should be able to take care of them. They are going to be starting their six-string goalie again. You're 6-1 against them this season. There is really no point to play Brandon Tatum in this game. He will just be ready for game one in the Stanley Cup playoffs. No questions asked. Um, I think as for Sidney Crosby, he'll probably play him, but he may, he'll maybe manage his minutes. I'm sure Gino will play. Chris Letang will go. As for the goalie situation, I was asked this on my locker room tonight. I would start Tristan Jari, but if it gets to be a potential blowout, maybe you put in the backup goalie in to see um, how he does. I know he'll be a little bit ice cold, um, and this will be his first NHL action ever. 
if I'm not mistaken, but I would still go to Tristan Jari. Yes, I understand there's a little bit of a risk for injury, but I do not foresee him getting hurt. And with the division on the line, I can't see Sullivan not starting Jari for that game. So those are my thoughts on that and with resting starters. Maybe you see a player like Freddie Goudreau get rested. Maybe you see a player like Teddy Bluger get rested or Zach Aston Reese or a couple other players down the line. Or maybe even Cody Cece gets rested and you bring Chad Ruedel in or something like that. But otherwise, expect the Stars to play. Expect Jari to start. And I think that's basically what's going to happen on Saturday. Remember, 3 p.m. face-off at NBC. Um, as for what happened with that Rangers Capitals shit show on Wednesday, I'll just say this before I go. Um, that was embarrassing to the league. You realize, I think people realized right away what, that what the Rangers were trying to do was just really embarrass the league. And I think they did because George Peros is so bad at his job. Props to the Rangers for releasing that statement. You know, boo-hoo, Gary Bettman. Sorry, you know, you, you, of course you had to find the Rangers $250,000. Sorry you got your feelings hurt for an organization telling you and George Peros the truth that, yes, he does suck so terribly at his job, and he's so inconsistent. The only reason they're doing suspensions right now is because they were called out for their bullshit by the Rangers, and that's why Shane Gospier was suspended and why Pavel Buchnevich was suspended as well. As for what happened, I mean, you know, the opening fights, you know, whatever, the three fights off the rip, I mean, that's very similar to the Rangers-Devils from 2011 when Pete DeBoer and John Tortorella were there. But as for what happened after that, that's just a joke, man. I'm kind of tired of seeing fighting in hockey anyway. I understand that's part of the sport, but... I mean, if you're really watching hockey to see fighting, um, this probably isn't the sport for you. In my opinion, I'd rather watch Connor McDavid do what he's doing. And, you know, he's probably going to get 100 points in a 56-game season, which um, I don't know if anyone knew this. That's basically 140 points a pace for an 82-game season, which has not, you know, there's not been a 140-point pace for that kind of season since Mario Lemieux had one in the 2000-2001 season. But those are my overall thoughts last night. It was just a total shit show. And I think that is how I will end this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. You know, the league, they brought this upon themselves. They, they they enable this shit. But that's just what they do. And overall, great win for the Penguins tonight. One more game before it becomes even more real as the Stanley Cup playoffs get ever so close. One more win on Saturday and the Penguins will clinch home ice for at least a round. And for them to win the division, um, they need to not only win that game, but have the Capitals uh, lose uh, one of the remaining three games, even if Boston wins out and they tie both Washington and Pittsburgh in the standings, or just uh, Pittsburgh in the standings, I believe Pittsburgh would have the regulation overtime winner tiebreaker, which would allow the Penguins to have their first division title since 2014. But that'll do it for this episode. Hope you all liked listening to this one, and I'll be back tomorrow to preview the game on Saturday and talk about a lot of other things regarding the Penguins as well. So stick around for that. Hope you all have a great rest of your night, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.